Welcome to the Protos Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 8th of October and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week, a Vancouver Bitcoin miner is hit with a fine that could see it forced to close its doors for good. Coinbase staff are targeted by aggressive phishing campaigns and DeFi's influence in Asia and Oceania continues to grow. Bitcoin mining in Iran has been largely offline for four months, but this Monday, all of that changed. Now, President Ibrahim Rasai has given permission to those with mining licenses to resume their operations. Previous President Hassan Rouhani introduced the Bitcoin mining ban back in May in an attempt to meet energy conservation directives. Earlier this year, Iran experienced severe power outages and water shortages. Since mining requires considerable amounts of computing power, the country decided to halt all crypto mining. According to blockchain analytics provider Elliptic, Iran had generated 4.5% of the global Bitcoin hash rate before the ban. Even so, authorities reckon that tens of thousands of Bitcoin miners continue to operate illegally despite the ban. Some officials say that mining activity in Iran only uses 300 megawatts of power, while others claim that figure is substantially higher due to unreported mining rigs. Investigators even found mining rigs within government offices, including the Tehran Stock Exchange building. The exchange's chief executive subsequently resigned. If it isn't a problem with power shortages, Iran's reversal of its Bitcoin mining ban may be in response to persistent US economic sanctions which have cut off Iran from most of the world's banking system. The current president, Rasai, has said he will not sign any deal with the US that doesn't include lifting economic sanctions. Due to the power of US sanctions, even peer-to-peer exchanges like local bitcoins suspended their services in Iran. This pushed Iranians to black market crypto exchanges and cash transactions. Monday again, and Bitcoin miners in Vancouver are facing a 5.6 million US dollar fine and potential financial ruin after they failed to notify local regulators that they opened up two power plants last year. Link Global's Sturgeon County and Kirkwall power plants have, according to the Alberta Utilities Commission investigators, been mining Bitcoin for 364 and 426 days respectively. The company Sturgeon County Mine allegedly broke AUC guidelines when its plants had adverse effects on the surrounding environment. Neighbours reportedly didn't take too kindly to the noise created by its four 1.25 megawatt generators. The plant drew power from a natural gas well owned by Calgary-based MAGA Energy. For the record, this MAGA stands for Make Alberta Great Again. AUC agents concluded that Link Global must shell out close to 1.6 million US dollars in order to counterbalance the financial gains from the electricity the company generated. The watchdog also wants over $4 million to repay the Bitcoin which Link Global had mined. They've also proposed two extra fines, totaling $64,400. But Link Global didn't disclose how much Bitcoin was mined. AUC made estimates based on press releases in which the calculations take into account the plant's operating hours and Bitcoin's price. In its submission filed late last month, the AUC's enforcement team said, quote, Link Global received a significant economic benefit by immediately commencing operations at both power plants without taking any of the measures required to receive approval from the commission or to qualify for an exemption. 
Link Global's willful disregard for the existence of regulatory requirements prior to commencing operations and its persistent operation in contravention heightens the seriousness of the contraventions. To top it off, the AUC alleges that the company submitted inaccurate financial statements when it claimed it generated zero revenue from crypto mining during a six-month period ending May 31st. This is despite the company adding a number of new Bitcoin mining rigs. Link Global's team responded, calling this a very serious allegation. They also said that the penalty proposed by the commission would constitute a fatal blow to the firm. Company chief exec Stephen Jenkins issued a prepared statement on the matter on Thursday, which states they have acknowledged their mistakes and are working hard to rectify them. Link Global is planning to move its Sturgeon plant north and has requested permission to continue operations near Kirkwall. For the record, the company also operates a plant in Westlock, which did comply with the AUC rules. Tuesday now, and in the first half of 2021, hackers attempted to steal cryptocurrency from around 6,000 Coinbase accounts using a social engineering campaign. Touted as one of the top US exchanges, Coinbase recently notified users to make them aware of the situation, according to TechSpot. The attack took place between the beginning of March and May 20th, with hackers acquiring two-factor authentication tokens via a phishing campaign directed at Coinbase employees. Hackers took advantage of a flaw in Coinbase's SMS account recovery process, which handed them a two-factor authentication token via text. This in turn gave the culprits access to thousands of Coinbase accounts and their crypto. No word yet on the amount of funds lost to the scheme. But Coinbase has said that it started to refund affected users. And while it's notorious for its poor customer service, the company has set up a hotline for clients who had their accounts drained. Social engineering attacks directed at large companies often garner access to protected information by tricking employees into believing they've been contacted by a senior staff member. Much like the Coinbase plot, bad actors then use the information to access password-protected user accounts. In a letter, Coinbase told affected users, quote, We have not found any evidence that these third parties obtained information from Coinbase itself. According to the Delaware headquartered exchange, the hackers must have had prior knowledge of the email address, password and phone number associated with an account, while also needing access to a personal email inbox. Coinbase aside, some of the largest internet giants have fallen victim to social engineering attacks. In July 2020, a fresh-faced team of teen hackers directed a similar social engineering campaign towards Twitter. They fished their way into Twitter's back-end systems, gaining control of around 130 verified accounts tied to celebrities including Jeff Bezos, Kanye West and Barack Obama, as well as prominent companies like Apple. The hackers used their new accounts to swindle hundreds of Twitter users out of more than $100,000 in Bitcoin with a giveaway scam. So far, authorities have detained four of the Twitter hackers, with the ringleader serving time in juvie. And finally, to finish off the week, we take a look at how decentralised finance has swept across Central, Southern Asia and Oceania, or CSAO, over the past year. Wallets controlled by residents across the region were receiving 14% of global crypto transfers, a number close to $572.5 billion between July 2020 and June 2021. According to Chainalysis, the value of these crypto transactions increased 706% during those 12 months, making the CSAO the fourth largest crypto economy. In that time, DeFi transactions rose from near zero to the majority of the region's crypto activity. Decentralized exchanges Uniswap, InstaDApp and DYDX were the top three beneficiaries. 
Newer exchanges like Compound, Curve, Aave and OneInch also experience significant growth. Other countries like India have instituted various bans on crypto activities and yet the country's crypto activity saw a 641% year-over-year increase, with DeFi applications accounting for 59% of the transaction volume. Neighbouring Pakistan's crypto transaction volume rose 711% with a 33% share for DeFi, while Vietnam's transactions more than quintupled with 47% of transactions sent to DeFi marketplaces. Chainalysis note that young users are driving these growing numbers across Central and South Asia, as well as a growing interest in blockchain and decentralization technologies. But they added that the popularity of gambling in the region, most of which is illegal, is also a driving factor alongside the lack of low-risk investment vehicles. Traders and experts in other countries have echoed similar sentiments. They say investing in crypto, albeit volatile and rife with scams, may be preferable to saving when there are few better options. Crypto transactions worth at least $10 million accounted for 42% of total transactions in India, 29% in Vietnam and 28% in Pakistan. Despite making up the majority of transactions, India has historically sent mixed signals when discussing the legal status of crypto. Most recently, they're interested in taxing crypto rather than banning it altogether. And yet, crypto companies in India received less than 1% of the $5.5 billion invested in blockchain startups as of May 2021. But there is growing interest in Indian ventures like Polygon and Wazir X, who are attracting some US investors. More Central and South Asians are wanting payments in crypto. The convenience, speed and imperviousness to banking delays make it an attractive option. Tech-savvy freelancers are often working for international employers while reportedly being paid in cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ether and centralised stablecoins like USDC. Popular centralised exchanges in the region include international platforms like Binance and KuCoin. Huobi and OKEx in China are also dominant in the area, as well as Singapore-based FTX. India generally uses Wazir X, while decentralized exchanges like Uniswap are popular with individuals who have had difficulty establishing an account on centralized exchanges. Quantstamp Managing Director Krishna Siram credits DeFi's growth through its permissionless nature and the difficulty many Indians face opening a bank account, he said. Centralised exchanges are becoming more stringent and harder to use for people in certain jurisdictions. DeFi doesn't discern where you're from or care if it has a relationship with your bank. And that's your lot. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can squeeze into one episode. So if you want more of the stories that matter, then check out protoast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoast podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast provider for more weekly roundups. We're back next week. See you then.